Lord bless you. Happy Sunday, everyone. I'm so glad today that you're with us here at Waterview Church. My name is Jason Bentley, and I serve as the lead pastor. And so I hope that today is very enriching and fulfilling for you and that you'll go out of here flourishing, really knowing that you've been in God's presence and excited about his plan and his purpose for your life and your joining us at just the right time because we are in a season right now where we are talking all about the blessing of God. We're doing a series called The Lord Bless You, and we're exploring what blessing is all about, and we want you to live God's intended life of blessing. And to help with all of that, to help facilitate all of that, we're also launching our fall semester of small groups. And if you did not join a group last Sunday, I encourage you to go and check out our small group directory and sign up for a group today. In fact, we've made a a resource available that's for free. It's our app, our mobile app. You can download it in the iPhone store, the Android store, And with that, you can do a whole lot of things, one of which is explore our small group directory to see what small group is going to fit with your schedule over the next 10 to 12 weeks. And also, in addition to that, there is a digital worship guide where each and every week we put the message notes, the scripture references so that you can actually follow along with us and so that in the week ahead, during your devotional time, you can look back on some of the things that we talked about here today. But we want to continue today talking about blessing, because God does want to bless each and every one of us. He wants to bless our lives, our family, our church. And as we get started today, I want you to think a little bit about vision I want you to to think maybe about the vision that you might have for your life. We we hear a lot about vision. In fact, I would say that probably for the last two to three decades, we have heard a lot about vision. We would read about having a vision for our life in the self-help section of Barnes & Noble, Uh, We hear a lot about vision when it comes to businesses either that we work for or that we lead, and we all recognize that vision is something that's very powerful. Even the scripture says that without a vision, the, the people perish. In fact, so much hinges on vision that I would dare say that it is one of, if not the most important thing to consider in your life. But with that said, I also think that we should reconsider vision because oftentimes we come up with a vision for our lives and we tell God what that vision is rather than find out what his vision is for our life and then actually implement it and do what it is that he is wanting us to do. Understand today that God has a very big vision. In fact, the Bible says that all good things come from above. So all of the things that we see as vital and necessary in our life 
It actually comes from above. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So God is the mastermind, the author behind vision, and that is because he himself has a grand vision. And as you think about God's vision, understand that in this world, he has chosen to limit the execution of his great, magnificent, transformative vision to the church. God has decided that he is going to fulfill his vision through you and through me. And why is that? Because we, all of us together, those of us that have put our faith in Jesus, those of us that have surrendered our lives to him, we are his body and we are a part of his family and we are a part of his army. We are each individually a part of that family, that body, that army, that house that he is building. And because of that, this is the first thing that I I want you to carry away from our time together today, and that is God will only do what he wants to do through us. This is particularly relevant as it concerns this series that we've been on the last three weeks called The Lord Bless You. And we've been teaching about this big idea that God wants to bless people. We see it in the beginning, we see it at the end, and that's his intention all the way in between. God wants to bless people. But we've identified what the blessing of God looks like, what the blessing of God is. And the blessing of God is to be in harmonious relationship with God. God is wanting to bless us. He wants to be in harmonious relationship with us. And he is wanting to do good in us. This is what blessing is all about. God is wanting to do good in us. He is wanting to do good to us. And he is wanting to do good through us. We, last week, we talked about how blessing is inextricably related to fulfilling our purpose. We see this in the the very beginning, how, how time began, how the scriptures are written. In God's very first interaction with his creation, with our grandparents, Adam and Eve, that first man and woman, the Bible says that he makes them, then he blesses them, and then he delineates his purpose for them. The moment he blesses them, he then ties that to their purpose, what it is that he is wanting to do in the earth in synergistic partnership with them. You know, God, who is all-powerful, think about this. God is omnipotent. He has all power. He did not need you and I to create the universe. He did not need you and I to do any of the things that he has done. Yet, when he makes you and I, when he makes mankind, he decides that he's now going to do what he does 
through us. He did not have to do it that way, but he did. And this is so profound that a well-known author by the name of Philip Yancey, he put it like this. Man is God's risk. Nearly everything theologians say about human freedom sounds somehow right and somehow wrong. How can a sovereign God take risks or imprison himself? Yet God's creation of man and woman approached that kind of astonishing self-limitation. God has chosen you to fulfill his vision on this planet. He has chosen me to fulfill his vision on this planet. It is through people, ordinary people with flaws and frailties, imperfections and issues, he chose to do what he wants to do through people like me and you. You don't have to have REV in front of your name. You don't have to wear a collar nor a necktie. No seminary required. God is wanting to do something magnificent through your life. And this is especially true regarding his passionate desire to bless people. He was wanting to bless people through you. And that's why this message today is called Agents of Blessing. Because you are an agent of God's blessing. The Apostle Paul said it like this in Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14. He said, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to all of us, those of us who are non-Jewish, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. God's vision, again, was and is to bless the people he created. And you and I, we have received that blessing if we are in relationship with God. When we surrender, when we make a fresh start, when we turn our life over to him, make him Lord and leader, we have received that blessing we have peace with God. We have his spirit operating in our lives. He does good in us. He does good to us. But the other part of his vision is to bless the world through us. And this vision will not be fulfilled unless it is fulfilled through us. We must bring God's blessing to the world. All of the people in the world must be blessed through us. And by us meaning those of us here, those of us who are a part of God's family, those of us who have surrendered their lives to him. We have brothers and sisters in Christ all around the globe. They are meeting all over at this very moment. 
in different time zones and different languages. Some are in magnificent buildings. Others are hiding in caves for fear of their life. But we are a part of God's global church. And all of the people in the world are meant to be blessed through us, through our contribution. We have all been blessed in order for us to be a blessing. We often think that blessing is a one-way street, that blessing flows to us. In fact, our prayers reflect that. Our longings and desires reflect that. God, bless me, bless me, bless me. And we want blessings to come to us. But what is the point and the purpose of blessing? It is so that we can be a blessing to others. So what does it look like for us practically to bless someone? How do we bless the world? How how do we carry out what God's wanting to do in our lives? You might be like, whoa, pastor, like I'm new to this whole Christian thing. I didn't sign up for all this. I don't know about all this. Is there like a class for this? Like, and it's really not that hard. It's more simple than what you realize. But I want to show you some very practical ways that we can be a blessing to someone. There are any number of ways that we can bless other people. But I think a a high-level overview kind of looks like this. If I bless another person, a coworker, a neighbor, someone in my family, if I bless another person, it means that I invoke and help bring God's blessing into their lives. I offer them unconditional love and acceptance. I let them know how valuable they are to God, how valuable they are to me. I speak good over their life. I speak good over their future in a way that would even have prophetic implications. I would speak the goodness and the favor of God on their life so that it would shape their reality. I act in ways to help bring that preferred future to pass. Dallas Willard put it like this, blessing is the actual putting forth of your will for the good of another person. If you've been blessed, then everything about who you are should be mediating and providing blessing. In fact, look at the beginning. God's talking to Moses, and and he's telling Moses some guidelines for, for priests. And this is particularly relevant to us because here in the New Testament age, this age of grace, this time post the entering of Jesus into the world and his ascension back into heaven. Do you know the Bible says that all of us are kings and priests? That the Bible teaches that all of us are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that all of us as believers are actually priests. So filter that through what God says to Moses in Numbers 6, 22 through 27. This is how you are to bless God's people. Say to them, 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And then God said, so they will put my name on my people and I will bless them. You know, there, there is no special class of blesser. We are all in a position those of us that are united in relationship with him, in a harmonious relationship with Jesus, we're all in a position to bring God's blessing. Maybe we've been hesitant to do it previously because we expect that it's for someone else with more knowledge, more money, more capability, more resource, but we're all in a position to bring God's blessing. And I think that everything about us should be constantly communicating the Lord bless you, the Lord bless you to absolutely everyone around us and absolutely every possible way. Do you realize that on many levels, Christianity is, is in a sharp decline in the United States of America? That Day after day, week after week, we are turning into a post-Christian society that is filled with unchurched people, but even more sadly, perhaps, de-churched people. And when you talk with people about their departure from faith, and when you talk with people about why, and for months now, I've, I've been actually serving uh, in, in, in a job where it afforded me opportunity to have many conversations with many different kinds of people from many different walks of life. And I heard over and over and over again that the reason they, that they had kind of abandoned faith, if you will, was not because of the Jesus that was the founder and the object of worship of our faith. That it was because of people who identified under the name Christian who treated them in such a way that they thought it would be better for me to not have faith than to be around people who claim to have faith but yet conduct their lives and the treatment of others in this fashion. In fact, Gandhi famously said, I have no problems with your Jesus I just have problems with the people that identify with your Jesus. Apparently, for too long, we have not been doing God's vision for us in this world, meaning for far too long, we have been critical and we have been judgmental and we have been ostracizing and we have been cruel and we have been unkind, and we have not been blessing. We have not been blessers. 
We have not been marked by everywhere we go. No matter the time of day, as people who are, who are generous and open and embracing and willing to bless. We have not been known for going everywhere saying the Lord bless you to everyone around us in every possible way. But starting today, I pray that we start a revolution. We, we go out in confidence knowing that we are fulfilling God's vision of our life and that we're confident that when we bless people, when we bless people, we put God's name on them and that God does bless them, that you are an instrument of blessing, praying a blessing over them, speaking a blessing. That's incredibly important, but it's just as important to live our lives every day in a way that radiates blessing. Because when we really see people when we project good intentions towards them, the goodness and the favor of God on them, when we do good to them, when we help them grow closer to God and move toward their God-dreamed future, then the Lord has in fact blessed them and you are an agent of God's blessings. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you realize that there are no expiration dates on prayers. Prayers never die. What if we were conscious of that each and every day when we encountered pe people and we thought with every person that we meet in every moment that we're engaging them, what if we thought God has positioned me in their life because perhaps decades ago, somebody was praying for that person. And maybe today, I am to be that answer to prayer. Prayers never die. Somebody years ago, someone along the way was praying that there would be a church life matter that would be dedicated to bringing people fully alive, helping them to flourish, equipping them to live fulfilled. Somebody prayed that prayer at some point in time, maybe long before you and I were ever even born, maybe early on in our lives, maybe before we ever even had heard of Mooresville, North Carolina. But the day that our church launched in 2021, it was an answer to someone's prayer at some point in time. Somebody right now is praying for their son. Someone right now is praying for their daughter. Someone right now is praying for their marriage. Someone right now is praying for someone. And what if you and I, God orchestrates in his sovereignty that we cross their paths and that we're supposed to be the answer to that prayer that's being prayed at some point in time and at some place on this planet. We are the agents of God's blessings. So we need to go out of here with some new perspectives. 
And in our remaining time together, I just want to talk to you about the five agents of blessing perspectives. The five agent of, of blessing perspectives. Number one, refuse to leave anyone unblessed. Refuse to leave anyone unblessed. When you look back on the Old Testament, you read of Abraham blessing both Jacob and Esau. One son is favored, the other not so much. And the one that was not so much favored, there was like this hole in his heart, this hole in his life. He desperately wanted to be blessed. And you know, each of us, we have an Esau in our life. We, we, have, we, we, have a, we have a Jacob in our life. Each of us have people in our sphere of influence who have a hole in their heart because they've not received the blessings that they're needing, the blessings that they're wanting, and the blessings that God is wanting to give them. But God has decided to bless them through you. And so we've got to pay attention when we're talking with people and interacting with people. We've got to see them. We've got to take action so that we can bless them. We can't leave anyone unblessed. And you might be surprised about who some of those people are. Now, of course, there are obvious ones like our children, our grandchildren, our close friends. But there are some, some co-workers of yours and some neighbors and some others that might cut you off in traffic and... I believe that as an agent of blessing, we're not to leave anyone unblessed. You know, Proverbs 18, 21 famously tells us this. The tongue has the power of death or life. This means that our words have the potential, carry the weight to transform someone's day. Certainly, the moment but they can also literally transform someone's life. The second perspective that we need to carry if we're going to be an agent of blessing is that we must position ourselves to receive blessing. So well done. You're in the right place here today. Putting Jesus first at the first of the week, it's a great place to start. Success begins on Sunday. But we're going to position ourselves to receive blessing. Asking for a blessing positions you to receive blessing. Position yourself so that you can receive what, what God is, is wanting to do and so that others feel, feel comfortable in approaching you. Scripture teaches us that even though God knows what we need, knows all of our problems and, and our lack, he still wants us to ask him for it. Because when we ask God for something, which is prayer, prayer is just talking with God. It's asking God for things. It's communicating with God about what's your will, your vision for my life. But when we ask for God 
When we ask God for something, it engages our will and expresses faith. And both of these things are important to God. Now, think about the people in your life who you need to bless you. Because we're talking about blessing others, but there might be someone in your life that you deep down are really needing to bless you. You know, there's been some people in my life and even now that I, I look up to, that I admire. My father was one such person. He was my dad. He was my pastor. He was my best friend. And I, I desperately needed him to bless me. I have some other pastoral mentors and, and people who are in my life to watch over me and advise me and, and speak, speak into my life. And I, 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 at times, I need them to bless me. Think about those in your life. Because some of us, we have father wounds, we have mother wounds, we, we've, we've got things that we're dealing with now because of someone that we loved in our past or maybe even in the present. Who around them, position yourself to receive that blessing. And there, there may be someone, that key person in your life that is incapable of offering you their blessing. Maybe they're just spiritually incapable. Maybe they're emotionally unavailable. Perhaps like my father, they're no longer with us. So to that, I just want to say that I'm very sorry. But secondly, find a surrogate. Find someone that can step into their place, someone that you respect and love, and ask them to bless you. And when we get that blessing from someone in our life, someone that believes in us and that sees the value in us, that's trying to bring out the best in us, that's trying to help us to flourish and live fulfilled, I think that we need to invest in those relationships. We need to invest in relationships with people who are constantly conveying their blessing to us by loving us, believing in us, speaking words of faith into us, and helping us move towards our God-inspired dreams. The third perspective that you need to have if you're going to be an agent of blessing is view yourself as a blessing radiator. That you're just going to radiate blessing everywhere that you go. Daniel Goldman the groundbreaking author of books on emotional and social intelligence, he wrote this, and, and follow with me. Emotions are contagious. And can I hear a big amen? Sleep is contagious. Can you wake your neighbor up and say amen? Emotions are contagious. We transmit and we catch moods from each other. We catch feelings from one another as though they were some kind of social virus. And it's true. And you've seen it and I've seen it to be true. But I think more importantly, I think that we can catch blessings from each other. Look throughout the Old Testament, example after example. Abraham blesses 
his sons, who bless their sons. And then the people around them are blessed. And then, and then those that are far removed from Abraham, his great-great-great-grandchild Joseph, he's actually enslaved, taken off to another country, thrown into prison. God blesses him. He works his way up into power and and has afforded some opportunities and people that are connected to him, whether it be through employment or relationship, the Bible says that they are blessed because of Joseph. So there is blessings happening everywhere because of people being connected to the person that God has blessed. So see yourself as a living, breathing blessing transmitter. Be intentional about this. Everyone in your life is going to be blessed because of you. The fourth perspective that we should have as agents of blessing is to picture those who you are uniquely res- picture those you are uniquely responsible to bless and insist on giving them your blessing. There are many of us who have people in our lives who need and want our blessing. You can do it in a formal way. You can do it in an informal way. But that's, that's how Jesus was marked. Look at what Mark 10, 16 says. Mark 10, 16 says, Jesus took the children in his arms. He placed his hands on them. And he blessed them. So what does that look like for us? When we get around certain people, what we're going to do is we're going to speak words that convey unconditional love. We're going to bless people by, by talking to them and expressing how much that person is valued. We're going to be specific about praiseworthy things that he or she has done. And we're going to detail in a positive manner some quality in their life that you've observed or something that they have done. You're going to speak in faith about good things that you see for their future. Articulate ways that you intend to act to help that person, to help that future actually happen. But then most importantly, above all, invoke God's presence over their life. Speak God's presence into their life. Point people back to Jesus. Point them to the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith, the author and the creator of all the goodness and all of the blessing. Because ultimately it's his blessing that people most desperately need. Insist on blessing those you are responsible to bless. And then finally, the fifth perspective we need as agents of blessing is we need to bend low to bless the apparently unblessable. Bend low to bless the apparently unblessable. Because that's what Jesus did. You know, God, he, he looked at this world and he looked at you and I and 
we were marked by sin, marked by failure, marked by shortcoming, and that separated us from him. And and no amount of good works, no amount of good things that you and I could do are going to be enough to jump the hurdle between that separation. We We were the ones that were apparently unblessable. But God, with love and grace, saw us and said, I'm going to bend low. I'm going to come low to bless the unblessable. And that's why Romans 5.8 says this, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It doesn't say that God demonstrates his love for us, that when he looked at us, he said, I'm going to give them a chance to work through all their junk. I'm going to let them sit in quarantine for a while until they get feeling better and they start doing better. No, his love for us was demonstrated in that while we were still sinners, while you were doing your most shameful things, while you were living out your most embarrassing moments, while you were actually committing the things that you now are trying to forget about and that you've shoved deep into the back of the closet, It was in those moments that Jesus died for you. And so because we are his children and a part of his body, his family, his army, and the house that he's building, how might that have an impact on the way that you think about loving others who need your blessing, particularly those who might seem unlovable at the moment? those who might seem unblessable at the moment. Jesus, he sets this this bar, this blessing bar really high when he taught all of us who are responsible to bless when he says this in Luke chapter 6 and verse 27. He says, but to you who are listening, I say love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. You know, the word reconcile, and we hear this a lot, this relationship needs reconciled, and that needs to get reconciled. The word reconcile means to turn an enemy into a friend. To turn someone that is unlovable and unblessable into something that is lovable and blessable And that's why Jesus came. He came to reconcile us to God. And now we have been given this same ministry of reconciliation. And I'm going to close with this. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 18. It says, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Jesus, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Sometimes, sometimes you and I, we bless people not because of what we see in them, but because we have faith that God's blessing can turn the apparently unblessable, the apparently kind of low-down, terrible, despicable, hurtful person into the blessed and into the loved and can even turn an enemy into a friend. I'm thankful today that Jesus bowed low to bless us while you and I were still technically his enemies. And I don't think we should ever lose sight of that because it's going to help us to do the same for others around us. Romans 5 and verse number 10. It says, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of Jesus Christ. How much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved through this life? So today, as we close out this time talking about being an agent of blessing and about God's heart and vision for the world, I conclude with this. Who are you and I, when we go out of here, who are we responsible to bless? The answer is everyone. We're to bless everyone. That, that's why we are all the time saying it is so important that you make friends with people that maybe you don't even know yet or people that you're coming into contact with and that you strategically build that relationship so that you can love them and speak God's favor over them so you can bring them with you into, into community, bring them to Waterview. There's a reason that each and every week where I work and when I'm out shopping, I'm trying to just connect with people, not because I, I need an extra 10,000 new friends in my life, but I, I want to have a basis, a conduit where I can bless people, where I can invite them into this space where they can hear about the love and the forgiveness of God. Who are we responsible to bless? Everyone. We are agents of blessing. And God is wanting to bless this world, this world that is wicked, this world that we lament about on our social media pages, this world that we hear about how it's going you know where in a handbasket. God is wanting to love and to bless this world, but he can only do it through using us, his people, his body, his family, his church. Will you stand with me together here today? You are an agent of blessing. Come on, family, let's go out of here committed to loving people like never before. Let, let's go out of here today committed to inviting people to church like never before. Let's go out of here committed to speaking life-giving words and hope and, and a blessed future to people like Never before. Are you in? Will you join me with that? Come on, value.